This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat. Joining me to look back on Saturday's defeat at Port Vale and ahead to this week's matches at Crawley and at home to Cheltenham are Chris Harrington and Jack Paul. Hi guys. Good morning. Hello Stu, how are you? Very well. Nice to be back in a room together. Yes, all three of us. Together, we were just off air uh, talking about Jack's trip to Tintagel yeah. at the weekend while some of us were suffering watching our goal <laughs> play at Vale Park. Jack was Jack, enjoying the sunshine. I'll tell you what, the, the most amazing thing about that place is you're on top of a mount, well, cliff in the middle of nowhere and you've still got better signal you do in the centre of Plymouth. <laughs> I, had four, I had 4G and could check the scores. I wouldn't be able to do that in Plymouth City Centre. So, no, uh, so there we go. That, that bridge looks a bit scary, Jack, the new one. It, it doesn't wobble, though. That's the main thing. Yeah. I, I managed to walk across it. It's, it's good, it was good fun. I was glad to be on the other side, though. Well, the bridge wasn't wobbling, but uh, unfortunately <laughs> the pilgrims are at the moment. It's uh, yeah. not quite going the way that people would have uh, thought, I guess, at the, at the start of pre-season. Ryan Lowe, very outspoken after the game on Saturday, just said it wasn't good enough, Chris. Yeah, um, you know, those first two wins to start the season uh, seem like quite a long time ago now, don't they? They beat Crewe and Colchester and all the sort of uh, optimism of pre-season seemed to be coming true. And then uh, since then, it's uh, one one win, two draws, three defeats. Uh, All three of those defeats away from home. I think that has to be a concern because any team that wants to do well in in division's got to have some sort of away form. You just can't solely rely on your home form. You're going to have to pick up results away from home. Um, I think you know Ryan Lowe was frustrated with lots of aspects of that game, uh, and people are being critical of the defensive play, and that is fair comment. You know all the goals that they're conceding at the moment are from crosses, uh, but the attacking play isn't good enough either. And you know when you're conceding preventable goals and not capitalising on chances that you may or may not create then that's a recipe for, for the results they're getting so yeah it's, it is disappointing it is only 8 games in to a 46 game season but uh, there is a lot of work to be done clearly Jack you haven't lost faith no I think I think we weren't sure how the, how the season was going to start in pre-season you know Ryan Lowe had come in he was, he was, it took him a while to get the players but he did bring them in and I think we were all quite open to possibly being a bit of a slow start. Mm. But I think those first two games sort of, gave, sort of ro- raised the hopes of people. And actually, if you, if you, if you forget how well Argyle started and maybe the last few results in terms of a batch of two and then six, if you look at them as the eight, I, I don't think it's an awful start. I think it could have been a lot worse. Argyle, historically, the last few years have been very poor at the start of the season. Three points off the playoffs. There's still a lot of work to be done. I just don't think there's any need to get too down. Of course, the form needs sorting out, but we can't deny that. But I don't think there's any need for people to be panicking like some people do. It's part of being a football fan, I suppose. But and and the fact the three 0 on the opening day, obviously that is going to, especially away, that is going to raise people's hopes. But there's a lot to work on. There's still some players that have just come back from fitness that you'd think would start featuring the team soon enough. And I'm actually I, I read Chris's piece after the game, 
And it's just quite refreshing to read his quotes and to say it's not good enough and not trying to act like, oh, but we had 50 to 1% possession, so we were just in the... That doesn't matter. The fact, I like the fact he came out and said we weren't good enough. And for me, I'm still quite positive about this season. Is it a slight concern for Ryan Lowe that, you know, you, you pointed or you touched on, on the fact there, Chris, that Argyle are conceding a lot of goals from crosses, but they're also struggling in attack as well. So mm. there's more than just one thing that Ryan Lowe has to work on right now. Yeah, I mean, I did a piece over the weekend about why there is no simple fix to this, and, and that's one of, the, one of the main reasons. You know, if it's just the case of, well, if we tighten up defence, you know, we'll be all right because we're scoring goals at the other end, that's fine. You know, if you're scoring goals at one end and, you know, uh, the defence is the issue, then, you know, you can try and work on the defence. But it's at both ends of the pitch where they're not uh, ruthless enough. It's, ruthless is a word that Ryan Lowe uses a lot in interviews. And um, it's something that he tries to convey to his players that you've got to be really decisive, proactive, you know, and make the most of opportunities. And uh, they're, they're not doing that in, in either, either penalty area at the moment. So... It was interesting. I normally at the end of the game, you know, I'm tweeting, blogging, this, that, and the other. So you know, it's head down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to just watch on Saturday, just sort of the reaction of the players, the fans, and Ryan Lowe. And uh, you know, Ryan Lowe has been so bubbly, positive, um, really good. And you could see on the pitch, his so- shoulders were slightly slouched. He had his hands in his pockets. Um, when he walked off, he looked like a man, sort of deep in thought, thinking. Mm, got some work on my hands here yeah. and uh, I just think he's I'm no body language expert don't get me wrong <laughs> but I don't think you'd need to be a body language expert to read it correctly read into yeah. uh, one the, the way he was as he left the pitch and then we saw him quite quickly afterwards and um, you know he wasn't um, he didn't slam the players he, he certainly doesn't strike me as a manager that's going to throw a particular player or, or players under, a, under the bus sort of thing I think we'll only ever get something along the lines of, you know, my players aren't doing enough and this, that and the other. But, um, yeah, he's, I, he's well aware now, I think there's work to be done. There's a near enough fully fit squad. Um, it's it's going to have to be time for changes, I think, if the results, you know, don't improve. Jack's right. No need to over panic. It's early in the season. I thought, and I think a lot of people thought, that the first half of the season might be a bit up and down for Argyle because of all the changes, new manager, new players, new tactics. You know, the style of play is um, <coughs> completely different. Um, I suppose we, we've all sort of, the first couple of games were so good that you, you thought, wow, this is going to really fall into place quite quickly. But I suppose with our football fans' heads on, things don't tend to go smoothly from day one and stay like that do they it is a bit up and a down and uh, uh, so yeah it's there is work to be done but Ryan Lowe's got plenty of players to choose from and he's made it clear that he's not going to deviate from the way the team play so it's not like they're going to try different tactics anytime soon so it is finding the right combination the combinations at the back the combinations in the certain midfield and and the best strike force and at the moment it feels like it's just, you know, the, the right pieces aren't in the, in the jigsaw. Well, I was going to say, there must be some players there that are on, living on borrowed time now. I mean, mm. they're getting plenty of opportunity. Yeah. And Ryan Lowe does keep saying as well, you know, if the players don't mm. play the way I want them to play, then I'll, I'll get rid of them. I, I was thinking, I do wonder whether maybe Willington and Sawyer might get a chance with Josh mm. Grant. I think Sawyer could be all right with maybe Josh Grant, who's quite... Pacey. he's got a bit of pace and when it aims fully fit I, I do wonder if those will be the three centre-backs because yeah. I think 
there've been moments of quite good play by Canavan and Wilson. They've done some good good defending, but overall, I think possibly those are the two that could be at risk. I guess and that it, was always the danger, wasn't it? Argyle went into this season with pretty much the same defence as what they had last year, mm. and it was such a, an Achilles heel last year with the number of goals they conceded. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a case of okay, they're a league lower, they're they're going to be much better in League Two. They're defenders that were low in confidence, not playing well, and conceded so many goals last I, year. I, I, was, I, I, I don't know if you might not feel the same, Chris, but I. I the fact that they're all from these crosses and from mm. free kicks, to me, that's fixable. That's something you can work yes, on, I definitely. think. Like, I, I'm quite happy at the fact they're not seeing many goals in, in terms of open play. Yes, it's bad they're conceding these types of goals, but that surely is fixable and that surely is something that can be worked on on the training ground. It, it, it should be fixable. You're right, Jack. Um, no one's scoring 25, 30-yard screamers. No one's weaving their way through mm. with intricate passing or, or anything like that. They, they're just all crosses. The three defeats, Newport, Northampton and Port Vale, of all the goals in those games have been crosses. Mm. And you talk to any manager and I think they'll say, you know, they'll say every goal is preventable, but sometimes, you know, that, that's not quite true, is mm. it? Let's be honest, if it's a brilliant bit of play from the opposition, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. But five crosses into the box, uh, and particularly the ones Newport and um, uh, Port Vale on Saturday, you know, they're just routine balls into the box, mm. you know. Put your head on it, put your body on the line, make it. Even if you don't win the ball, at least put enough of a challenge on the player so they don't get a clean header in, so they can't direct it where they want it to go. Um, but that said, I mean, it's easy to point the finger at the centre backs and mm. say, you know, that they're not yeah. getting getting their head on the ball. Mm. The cross can also be stopped at source, can't it? Yes, you know, can. are the wing backs not getting close enough to the guys that are crossing the ball in? That's that's been a problem. That was a problem last season for Argyle and Derek Adams, wasn't it? I think Stopping that crosses. is one. That is one issue with wing backs is that sometimes teams can exploit the space between the wing backs and and the the, the central defenders either side. Um, yeah, you you've got to work harder to stop the crosses coming in. Um, the the problem on Saturday was that Argyle sort of were expecting that there was a free kick. They were expecting it to get launched into the penalty area. And um, I think mentally they weren't switched on to the fact that um, Richie Bennett made a bit of a diagonal run across. Worrell played it into acres of space. I mean, there was, I don't know if uh, you've seen the TV highlights and the, of the goal, but there was acres of space to run, in, run into him. And then he just hooked it into the back post and Nathan Smith has, uh, has beaten Nile Canavan to the ball and scored. Um, so, yes, I mean, it was preventable in the fact that if our guy had been focused and more switched on at the free kick, maybe Richie Bennett wouldn't have had that space to... To score, so um, yeah, football's a team game, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you can blame individuals, and sometimes it is an individual state, But you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. You know, there's ways and means of stopping situations before it gets to a defender having to be involved. So I think you're right, Stu, that it's it's not solely down to the defence. But I go back to the point that I think a lot of people are blaming the defence, the defending. But the attacking play is not good enough away from home. You know they've, they've drawn a blank against Newport. Yeah. They've drawn a blank against uh, um, Northampton, North, uh, Port Vale, and they scored one against Northampton, which was a free kick, which was a good, good enough free kick from Joe Riley. But I mean, the Northampton wall literally jumped over the ball and it went in past an unsighted keeper. So, for three away games to have one goal to show for for a team that you know we all know Ryan Lowe wants his team to score lots of goals. That's not that's not good enough. Mm. I guess part of the problem as well is that he doesn't really have the sort of centre forwards that he wants in the team. I mean, he spoke pre-season mm. about Ryan Taylor could get 20 goals mm. if he listens to what Ryan Lowe tells mm. him. But he's he's a target man type of centre forward. 
probably fits into Derek Adams' mould of football better than, than Ryan Lowe's. I, I was sort of thinking he might bring in one more striker because you've got you've got Moore who's not maybe an out and out striker. You have Joel Grant who's not an out and out striker. Then you've got Taylor who's not he's been injured a lot recently. And, and then you've got these, some of the youngsters and you've got um, Ludden and Telford yeah. that's, that's your fight you've got five yeah. strikers so they've just got to start delivering haven't they maybe with a bit of time with a bit of it's been so disruptive that front line and I think once that gets a bit of run which hopefully it will do I, I do think that is one area that he really needs Runlow really needs to try and settle on a strike partnership mm. you know two up front yeah if you're going to have two up front they need to have a bit of an understanding and, and you're right Jack there's been Injuries to, to basically all of those five strikers we've just talked about, and so they haven't been able to get a run of games, haven't been able to get any consistency, haven't been able to build up any partnerships with the, the, the guy that they're playing alongside. Um, I do think that Dom Telford is going to be one of the two strikers out of the five, as long as he can stay fit and get himself sharp. I think he's got, you know, he's the sort of striker that Ryan Lowe will want on his side. You know, he will get into the box, he will run it players he's got a bit of pace you know he's looking to get shots in so I, I can see him featuring and then it's which one of the others ends up playing with Telford but Telford, Telford needs, needs to stay fit and um, yeah the, what's the best combination to go with him because that's one of the things that Ryan Lowe said to you wasn't it uh, after the game about there was one chance where it was crossed in well to the box and there was just no one else mm. yeah. that tapping yeah and that's what he needs to, to work on you know if our goal had scored one or two two goals, they would have won the game, even mm. though they had a sloppy goal that conceded. So that's the, that's the danger of this sort of way of playing, I suppose. They're, they're if, two... if your strikers are scoring goals, you if you concede one or two, you might still win. But if you if they're fluffing their lines up, up front, it's going to cost I you. I guess the big difference from his very team of last season and our goal this is that they had Nicky Maynard, who was scoring oh. those type of goals last season and yeah. scored 20, 25 goals for... Yeah, Bury in their promotion season and, and the likes of Nicky Adams and people like that you know good source of, uh, of assists and things like that so I, I suppose you've got like half of a Bury team and half of an Argyle team put together and it, it does look disjointed at the moment and I go back to the crew and Colchester the wins you know two wins two clean sheets and you sort of lulled into the, well this is going to this is going to work you know, this is going to just be smooth transition and it's all going to work. And then, no, hang on a minute. Now now we're thinking, yeah, when you look at all areas of the team, really, they're not quite functioning like they should do. I, I just uh, think, I, I think... There's no reason that it can't... Uh, there's, no, there's some good players in that, mm. in that team and in that squad. You know, there's no reason with work, perseverance, a good result or two just to breed a little bit more confidence. Like they, they can't improve and, and can't still have a good season. I, I still think... There's every chance they will have a good season, um, but sitting here, right here, right now, there's no point glossing over the fact that they're not functioning properly. They're not playing as as you would expect them to. You know, they're conceding cheap goals, and their their, their attacking play is is quite blunt at the moment. And that one that you just mentioned, Jack, the the chance where Danny Mayer's done a great bit of play, puts a ball right across the face of the goal. Ryan Lowe, in his playing days, mm. would have tapped that, tapped that away. He probably scored 50, 100 goals like that during his career. Yeah. So you, I can understand his frustration that he stood on the sideline. That would have been meat and drink to him. A ball from Danny May, that would have been meat and drink in the back of the net. And he stood there and he's thinking, well, where, where, there's no one in a whatever white and green shirt, whatever you want to call that, away shirt. The spearmint. The spear, there's no one in a spearmint shirt anywhere near the ball. It's... And the thing is, Danny. And it was nil nil at the time. It's nil nil yes. at the time. 
1-0, away from home, right, OK, let's go on and, and, and get the win. And Danny McInerney get those assists if people finish them off, you know. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you look at stats, don't you? How many assists did the player get last season? How many goals? But you've got to have those people finishing off those chances yeah. for someone to get those assists. And I feel that some people will worry about that. But one interesting tweet that I saw at the weekend, I'd just like to mention, one back 37 tweeted, I'd just like to reassure PAFC fans, it took our squad at Berry FC until November last year to get Lowy's system working smoothly. You'll get there. Mm. I think that's part of it. You know, it's still working. Mm. There's a long way to go. It's a work And maybe progress. once it clicks, hopefully things will be better. We, yeah. we all want everything to happen immediately, don't we? Mm. Um, Which doesn't help by the first two results, I think. But, but my football head tells me that, yeah, once the players get the hang of it, once he gets the right pieces in the right place, and I don't think, you know, I think we'd all agree that they haven't quite got there mm. yet in that if they get the right pieces in the right place with a better understanding of each other so that the players are on the same sort of wavelength that Maya and McCadzine are on. So once they start clicking like that, it should all come together and they should have a good second half of the season. But it, these are sort of like teething sort of problems at the moment, aren't they? There's no, Hopefully. Doubt, there's no doubting in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of people's mind, that this team on paper, and I know the game's not played on paper, I know it's a cliche, mm. but it's better than the one that got promotion a few years ago, in, in my view. Well, Akos Bazaki, friend of the podcast, was here and he saw the Reading game in the, the Carabao Cup and he saw Argyle, that team that you've just referred to, and, and he said there's no doubt in his mind that this current team is better than that team. And if you look at the names mm. in the team from the promotion season to the one now, and you look at, you know, Meyer, Baxter, Cooper, you know, some real talented players... Um, but it's a team game. You've got to function as a team, and they're not functioning as a team. I think that's the thing. Looking from an outside mm. outsider's point of view, looking at Argyle, is there is a lot of good quality players in that team, but they do seem to just lack that dominant centre half, and someone someone will stick the the ball in the back of the net. Mm. Yeah, really, and it's... there's there's no sign of a dominant centre half at the moment. Will Ameson is going to get a chance soon, whether it's at Crawley Town on Tuesday. I I would put him in. It's got to that stage yeah, now, hasn't it? Well, surely it's got. So to, we'll see what we'll see what he's capable of, and obviously you, you can't rely on just one person to make a complete difference. But I think you know he he he's going to get his chance very soon, and and it looks like they're going to share goals around rather than necessarily have somebody who's going to get twenty goals. The way it's shaping up at the moment, I know the manager keeps talking about twenty goal a season strikers, and I think by that he means that players are going to have opportunities to get that number of goals but whether they actually finish on that I don't know but again you're right Stu but that goes back to my point that although the defence is not doing very well the attack's not firing either so it's there's more than one or two problems and that's why there's no simple fix yeah well, uh, speak, speaking of Willie Ameson I mean there's mm. going to be a lot of expectation and, and pressure I guess on him really to come in and um solve this problem Argyle have in, in defence of conceding so many goals yeah. certainly from crosses yeah I mean I've not seen enough of him in action to, to make a, a, a big opinion on him he played 45 minutes against uh, Bristol Rovers in the, the trophy game and then he, he played um, 60 minutes for uh, the Central League game against Milton Keynes Dons last week which I didn't see so I, I'm not an expert on his strengths and weaknesses. He looked decent against Bristol Rovers in the first half, but you can't judge anybody on that. But he was part of that uh, promotion-winning team at Bury last season. He knows what Ryan Lowe expects of of his players, and uh, yeah, when things aren't going well, you're going to make changes. So you know, 
what are you going to do up front you know, at Crawley on Tuesday is another one that, you know they started with uh, Byron Moore and Ryan Taylor I could see at least one change to those two, uh, maybe both. You know, so um... I think with the centre backs, I'm still convinced that possibly one Ameson's fit. If he's alongside Ooh. Sawyer, who's got ex- so much experience, and Josh Kind is a bit nippy, those three potentially could work quite well together. They're, they're three different types of players. You know, Ameson's got some experience as well, but Ameson's just one man. He can't mm. mark everyone. Well, it's going to have to be. Yes, I mean Ameson could be the, the sort of centre half that comes in and. and bring some leadership to that back line I mean I, d- I don't know how yeah. the, the defence is at the moment maybe they're a little bit quiet maybe there isn't someone that says you know come in here come in there go well, there well that's one and, thing with not having Gary Sawyer, Gary Sawyer in yeah. the line because he is the club captain he's not been in the team for the last couple of games Josh Grant has played on the left side of the defensive three um, so when you've got Scott Wooten Niall Canavan and uh, Josh Grant maybe there isn't the, a captain as such um, so, someone to organise the back so, line. You know, so could Gary Sawyer come back in and give you a little bit of leadership with Ameson and, and Josh Grant switching from the left to the right? Um, I would have thought this is possibly, you know, for, for Crawley on Tuesday, one of Ryan Lowe's more difficult team selections mm. this season because uh, Joe Riley missed out on Saturday because of a knee injury, but apparently it sounds as though he'll be available for, for Tuesday. So that leaves. Ryan Lowe with 22, 23 players that are fit and available for selection. Joel Grant? Joel Grant, Grant, Grant went to Port Vale when he was part Did of he? the squad. He wasn't in the, in the right. 18, but he was there. So he's got plenty of options. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, the interesting thing with Ryan Lowe as well, as you touched on earlier, Chris, is that he's, you know, he's so insistent that this is the way we're going to mm. play and he will not change the way he wants to play. You know, I mean, how do you feel about that, Jack? Do you think he pro- should perhaps look at the squad he's got and think I need to work with the players I have and and evolve himself almost and his style of play into our goal as opposed to not after eight games. Way I think it's still early days. I think they're only three points off the playoffs. I don't think it's been an awful start. Perhaps if the results are coming in a different order, but we still have the same points tally. Some people wouldn't be worrying as much as they are. I, I think it's a dangerous game if you start questioning yourself as a manager and something that's worked so early on in the season. Like I said, it's eight games. There's still 38, if my maths is good, uh, 38 <laughs> games still left to play. You know, I, I, and there's still players to come into this team. I think, I, I, I still strongly believe this team will click with the way he wants to play. If you get to 15, 20 games and it's still not working, maybe you have to look at things. But eight games in, it's still so early on in the season. So no, I don't think he should be looking to change things too much. Yeah, I guess the problem he's got as well is that there is this massive expectation on our goal to almost run away with the league, not just win promotion, but to win it by an absolute canter. And possibly he's not helped himself in some ways. I look quite like what he says, but maybe, you know, he shouldn't come out and say, right, Taylor's going to get 20 goals if he listens to me. You know, you, you can't do that and then suddenly change your formation and play defensively and that's just not going to really work with the whole optimism thing. So I, I think he knows what he, he... Some people say you can't play well this league. He did it with Barry last year. I think it will click eventually. It'll take some time. And some of the, even the 2-2 draw at Oldham, I don't think it's a bad game to watch. I had a good time watching it. Now, I've not been to the last few away games, so can't comment on that. But I've still enjoyed the games this season. And I think once a few of them click into place and a few people get back and hopefully players stay fit and don't have these little niggles and little knocks, hopefully things will improve. But yeah, eight games in, he shouldn't be changing his, his system yet, in my view. Well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. As always, we like to hear your questions. And i uh, got one here from Ed Lockett. How easy is it to develop a tough underbelly during a season? Even if we put together a few wins, I fear we will still be vulnerable to being bullied out of games. I guess really, Chris, that's what League Two is all about, isn't it? You know, you do get these teams that like to try and bully you. Yeah, it's a 
season it's a grind isn't it it's saturday tuesdays it's the traveling it's the dealing with all the knocks that you get during the course of the season um i mean it was interesting i don't know if it was a deliberate ploy on saturday by port vale but they were kicking danny mayer all the time i mean uh, it was i think a, a, a stricter referee than mark edwards would have uh, produced a few more yellow cards than he did um and that whether it was a deliberate ploy or not it certainly disrupted Argyle and you know would have um, not helped Danny Mayer. Uh, how easy is it to develop a tough underbelly during a season? I think you develop that by getting results and growing in confidence and becoming a better, stronger unit. And uh, that is achievable by getting results. You, but if you don't get the results, then you won't get that. The second part of Ed's question, you know, I fear we were vulnerable to being bullied out of games. There are going to be teams, let's be honest, in League 2 that think, OK, here come Plymouth Argyle. They think they're the next, you know, this, that and the other. They're going to pass the way out of this division. OK, well, let's get stuck into them in the first five or ten minutes. Let's give them a good kick and let's get in their faces. Let's make it an ugly game. But that's part and parcel of being in League 2. Ryan Lowe must have dealt with that with Barry last season. Yeah. You know, because League 2 won't have changed from last season to this season very much. So he's, he achieves success with this way and you know there's no reason why you can't do it at Argyle but uh, it's, a, it's a difficult division it <laughs> it's is. a difficult division you know? just look at the four teams that have gone down no one's none of the four teams that have gone down who expects to be up there and thereabouts at the end of the season have started on fire have they you know you've got Bradford who are just in the playoffs mm. Argyle and you've got Walsall who have struggled to score goals and you've got Scunthorpe who you know, down at the bottom aren't they down at the I think second yeah. bottom now so none of the four it's not a given that you're going to come down and go straight back up it, again it no. can become come a scrap and it will be interesting if when we're having this podcast in a month's time and, and maybe you can ask us the question then Stuart are Argyle going to be able to play their way out of this division because you know you look at a game like Saturday and you, you do wonder can they can they play their way out of the division by playing out from the back is that team capable of getting them promoted is that the best way of getting promoted I mean Ryan Lowe achieved success that way and it's much better you know nice football to watch you know Jack I'm glad with his season ticket he's enjoying his home <laughs> games and enjoying the football but is is that the best optimum way of getting out of the division or at some stage are you going to have to say well you know I know I've got my principles and I know I've got my beliefs but you know we need a few results and maybe we're going to have to do something a little bit differently I don't know I don't know well you look at teams like Wickham for example when they got promoted out of League 2 and they had you know mm. Akin Femmer up front you know and you do have those mm. whether it be up front or in midfield or, mm. or in defence you have those kind of bullies in the team to mm. to combat that yeah yeah and Argyle don't necessarily have those sort of players I don't think really uh, but Ryan Lowe is looking for a certain type of player yeah. to play his style and I suppose if he's bringing in players that are suited to the style he wants to play then if you deviate too far away from your principles and the way you want to play then you're, you're going to fall between two stools you're going to have a group of players that are capable of doing one thing and then when you try and revert to something else they're not capable of doing that and it can always I always think back to Paul Sturrock though the season Argyle got promoted from League 2 under him mm. and when, whenever they went away yeah. it was a slight change in formation yes, Stevie Adams would come in and yeah, it was yeah. it, it worked perfectly for Argyle didn't yeah, it yeah it did it, it, it worked really well they they had a home and an away team and yeah. it, it worked wonders that was quite unusual I can't think of too many other instances where I've been aware of teams doing that but it they ended up getting 102 points that season <laughs> so it, <laughs> that worked quite well yeah absolutely <laughs> 
Um, let's move on then, guys. Away from the game at Port Vale. Let's put that mm. one to bed now then. Uh, Crawley away on Tuesday. The grounds that certainly don't get any nicer for you, Chris. Well, the press box isn't the most spacious, I have to say. Um, so when you've got cables and wires and, uh, I don't know. Laptops and notepads. Laptops and, and notepads. So you, you run out of space for them. But um, but there we go. We're off to... to I, I can never keep up to date with all these. It's Broadfield Stadium. Yeah. Today, but it's sponsored by somebody else. I think it was the checkertrade.com stadium or something. I don't know what it is now. Do you, any, what's, what's it can, currently called? I'm, I'm a bit old school, I must admit. So it's always Broadfield Stadium. Broadfield today. Stadium yeah, today. I, so, I like to use the old names, really. So we're off to... Off to Crawley, um, who have had a decent start to the season. Eighth in the table, three home wins out of four, uh, and a good win against Mansfield Town. Now, that's a good um, sort of indicator of what Argyle are likely to face, because I think if you'd asked at the start of the season the top teams for promotion, Argyle and Mansfield would have probably been two of the teams mentioned by most people, wouldn't they? Mansfield have got Nicky Maynard, who we just mentioned, so they've got a decent side. They went up there on Saturday and were beaten 1-0. So that gives you an indication of that Argyle are going to have a tough game. Mm. Also, the other thing is that Mansfield are, have got the benefit of playing Saturday, Tuesday at home. Home to Mansfield, home to Argyle. Argyle have got the disadvantage of having gone to Port Vale on Saturday and then travelling up on Monday to play Crawley on the Tuesday. And, you know, I'm not saying that makes a massive difference. But even if it makes a one or two percent difference, you know that could be decisive in the outcome of a game. So uh, again, that's my, where it might be time to make a few changes, freshen things up a mm. bit, give a few people a chance. You know, it's, if you have a squad, you've got to use it at some point. Otherwise, those players that aren't playing are going to get disillusioned, fed up, demotivated that they're not getting a chance. I'd be surprised if he didn't make changes after the comments on Saturday. He seemed to be the most fr- frustrated, <clears throat> which he admitted to. So I'd be surprised if, if he didn't think, especially the, the defence. Like I said, they, they've not... <clears throat> you've noticed in the last few weeks that they've not been able to deal with these crosses. I'm sure they've been working on that in training. And still, that's the, what's costing them the game. Admittedly, yeah. there's a lack of firepower up front. I, I get that, but just focusing on the defence for a minute. If that's not changing, and they are working on that in training, you can understand his frustration. And, yeah, I, I think it could be a good time of another game on Saturday as well to maybe give Ameson and maybe bring Sawyer back in. Sawyer was in the team when I got one or two games earlier in the season. Maybe they need that along with Josh Grant and, and Ameson. I, I think that may well... I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be very shocked if it was the same team. Yeah. Just looking at the, the league in general, Chris, um, mm. as you say, they've won three or four at home. The one game they lost was at home to Crewe. Yeah. Argyle obviously went to Crewe and won 3-0. <laughs> that just, to me, sums League 2 up and how unpredictable it is. You know, anyone really can be anyone yeah, on any and, given day. And it, it looks like it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be tough, but it looks like it's, it's going to be a decent league. You know, um, Exeter leading the way, much to the chagrin I know of lots of Argyle fans. But there's some, you know, the way Newport have started the season's been, uh, been impressive. There's there's quite a few teams up there already that you think, okay, yeah, they could they could be up there for, for the duration of the season. Forest could be another one that Forest could tip to do all right this year. And yeah, they've started well. You know, Swindon have been a bit hit or miss, but you know they 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 should be decent. You know, they've got Owen Doyle up front who's already scored plenty <laughs> yeah, of goals for yeah. them. You know that that could make a big difference, couldn't it? Somebody, you know, that's what Argyle need if if they could. You know, get one of the strikers scoring a few goals, like Ryan Lowe's talking about a twenty goal a season striker. Um, you get somebody scoring a few goals, take a bit of the pressure off the defence. So, well, as, as we've touched in the past, I've never really had that much success with twenty se- no, goal season and, strikers. And, but really, if you no. could get somebody, you know, that you know is going to mm. get you fifteen or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. then it, that that would help, wouldn't it? Uh, so it'd be in- it'd be interesting. Crawley are not 
the sort of team that people were tipping at the start of the season to do well. And we are still early days, but eighth place after eight games, you know, they're obviously doing something right. Uh, they've had a few difficult seasons. What was it, four or five years ago where they came up through the non-league and yeah. they got up into League One and, you know, they were spending money like it was going out of fashion and then they seem to have sort of hit the, the ceiling sort of thing and it's been a, a bit more of a struggle for them in recent yeah. years. But uh, three wins out of four at home this season uh, and beating Mansfield on Saturday tells me that, you know, Argyle are... We're in for a hard game. At the People's Pension Stadium. Is that what it is? <laughs> what an awful name for a stadium. That's shocking. We'll just go to Broadfield Stadium. <laughs> that's, that's, the best. that's a lot easier. Good luck uh, for getting that in an in a intro and an online story. In 50 characters. <laughs> yeah. uh, finally then, guys, um, I'll go to you with this one, Jack. Um, back at Home Park on Saturday, Cheltenham at home. That's always a good game to look forward to, isn't it? I mean, Cheltenham tend to be one of those more footballing type of teams in the lower leagues. They look a really good opposition, a really good team this year. I've actually been quite impressed. They struggled last year, but they seem to have picked up again now and they've got some very good players on their team. They seem to have a knack of finding some strikers that can score goals. I can't remember the name of the guy that scored a couple for them this year. But obviously they did a few years ago. It's going to be an, an interesting game. I've got to run beaten at home still, but it's... It, if they don't get a good result against Crawley, I think the pressure will start to build because that'll be how many games have they not won in now? Five, six games they've not won in? Oh, it depends if you count cup games. And in the league. Yeah. In, in, the league. Like yeah. in, in the league. So if they don't win against Crawley, you could maybe argue there's going to be a bit of pressure there. It could be a good game though. If Cheltenham would look to play in a, in, a, in a sort of open, expansive way as well, that might suit our goal. It'll be interesting to watch. It'll be two managers, young managers, ambitious managers mm. coming up against each other. It'll be a fascinating game. I'm looking for. I think it'll be an entertaining game. I just hope it goes goes the way of uh, goes the way of Argos. Yeah, right. Michael Duff's doing a good job at Cheltenham. Yeah, He's gone job. in and took over from Gary Johnson, um, and it wasn't working very well for Gary Johnson at Cheltenham. And Michael Duff's gone in there, um, secured and steadied them last season. And I think they're sixth in the table off the top of yeah. their head at the moment. But again, it's taken him a few transfer windows to get his team the way he wants. And Ryan just had one transfer yeah, window. Exactly. That is that is the thing, isn't it? You know, patience, mm. and it's. It's the hardest thing to be as a football a patient yeah. to be as a football fan, isn't it? You want your team to do well now, but with your football head on, yeah, it is a complete overhaul of a squad and a completely different style of play. It's, it's, is it going to happen overnight? No, it's not. So we're going to have to be a bit patient with our goal, but it's not much fun being patient, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but as you say, football fans want everything here and now, don't yes. they? So, uh, yeah. Right, well, chaps, thank you very much for joining me Thanks on the you. show this week. Yeah. Always a pleasure. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.